Hello, how the tech are you? This is our weekly tech show on Echoplex Media. We talk about science and tech news and any other science and tech stuff we feel like talking about. And we're back after a long break. Uh, I had to go on vacation and for whatever reason, we didn't get around to doing it for two weeks in a row. But, you know, sometimes we got to take vacations. We got to relax a little bit. But uh, I am historian Matt. Uh, I talk about mostly tech news stuff, a lot of uh, you know green energy and electric cars and AI stuff. But today I don't have really either of those. I got two stories today. The first one is I'm just calling it science history art, the most historian Matt story. Uh, what that is about, I'll have to go into it a little bit later, but. Uh, yeah, it's very, very me, very me story. I had to do, had to cover it, uh, even though it's a little bit old uh, from when I was on vacation. The second one is, of course, some Elon Musk bashing, but that is Twitter revenue collapses as advertisers flee. I can speak to Elon bashing is like one of our favorite things to do here. Yeah. <laughs> so HK, what do you got? All right. I am HK Perrin, and I am a software engineer, so usually I talk about software engineering stories. Uh, this time, I'm going to talk about a, uh, a story about email, uh, specifically my email service and how, uh, how it works, and the fact that it is open to the public now. So uh, yeah, I'll talk about that. Cool. Well, we're on with my first story. So uh, before I say, start with my story, Dave is out. He's taking a vacation for today, but uh, hopefully he'll be back next week, probably depending on the weather. We'll find out. Uh, anyways, my first story on science, history, art, the most story in Matt's story. What I'm, uh, what I'm talking about is basically a while ago, uh, some scientists used some x-rays to discover early drafts of Egyptian paintings. So science, history, math, all, or, or art, all of that in there, pretty good story. But basically what they did was the tomb chapels in the Theban necropolis. I hope I pronounced everything correctly, which from what I can tell, and I didn't really get a good, uh, a solid answer on this, but it, they seem to be about 3,500 years old. Um, the necropolis, I believe, was built over like many centuries. So, like exactly when it started and ended, and when these particular tombs were built, I have no idea. But that's my guesstimate. That's that's what I'm putting down for now. Uh, but basically, they use this. Uh, the scientists use this portable macro X-ray fluorescence imaging device, uh, MAX-XRF for the macro X-ray fluorescence. I don't know. If you, uh, if you want to use that, but anyways, it's basically using these x-rays that can pass through layers of paint without damaging it. And you can see like multiple layers of paint. And the nice thing about it is, you know, what they're using it for is basically to see like previous drafts that were then painted over. So first images that were then painted over and changed in some way. Uh, it's actually a technique that's been used multiple times. It's been used on many paintings, particularly a lot of pa paintings from the Renaissance. You may have even like seen some of this in the past with different, um, you know, Renaissance and like, uh, it was like, uh, golden age. I don't know if that's the correct art term for it, but all these old paintings, but 
as far as I know, and as far as I can find, the this is the oldest, or the use of this technique on the oldest known paintings ever. For this technique, yeah, I think so. So basically, what I'm saying is, uh, when it comes to scientists, you know, you make a mistake 3,500 years ago, and they still hold it against you. <laughs> What do you think, HK? Yep. <laughs> That's funny. It's like some guy's like, oh, shoot. Let me just paint right over that. No one will ever know. <laughs> and now we know. Now we know. <laughs> that is really cool. Um, so x-rays are are very neat. Um, yep. And I'm surprised that we are able to like see layers of paint. Uh I would have thought that x-rays would just go through all paint. Well, what but, I think uh, is happening is, uh, so I don't know what kind of like tuning they're doing on the x-rays, but the pigments in paint itself uh, often are, are often like, you know, metals and stuff like that. So okay. those should reflect x-rays and block okay. them. Um, so I think that's how they're doing it. The article did not go into details on how it worked, which is a little annoying. <laughs> it would have been nice to know a little bit, a little bit more. I'm not, you know, uh, you know, radio scientist. I don't know what you call it, X-ray scientist. Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't. I'm not going to know all the details, but it'd be nice to know, like, oh, that's what they're doing, because I assume whatever the medium they're using uh, is the, the X-rays are just going to pass right through. So they yeah. talked about uh, yellow ochre and red ochre, which are very commonly used in uh, Egyptian paint. And I happen to know both of those are basically made from, uh, you know, iron ore type substance, basically rusted iron. <laughs> you know, okay. Is how, the, how they do it with, mixed with some other stuff uh, to make those colors. So you're definitely going to have iron in there. Yeah. Um, That's really I don't smart. know. I don't know what they were using for white. I know eventually people started using lead for white, but that and okay. the reason I bring that up is supposedly these mistakes were covered over in a white paint and then repainted, uh, and okay. so that's why in the time you know that's why they're calling them mistakes <laughs> because you know you couldn't actually see them uh, when, in the time when they were painted, uh, but. I don't know if they're doing that. And I don't, unless there's something I don't know about how they're doing these x-rays. Like I would think that the lead would block the x-rays too. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's not thick enough lead. If it's just one layer. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's really cool though. What an awesome technology. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, again, it's science history and art. <laughs> <laughs> All, all my uh, trigger words there. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I'll go ahead and move on to my next topic. Uh, and again, Elon Musk bashing that Twitter revenue collapses after advertisers flee. Um, so Twitter ad revenue is down 50% since Elon Musk took over. I think actually, you know, I wrote this down wrong. I should probably change this. I believe it's all revenue, not just ad revenue, but of course most of Twitter's revenue comes from ads, but yeah, uh, advertisers are fleeing like crazy because of, you know, Elon Musk changes to, to the, uh, to Twitter. 
but uh you know twitter is still not profitable even after the mass layoffs which was kind of a duh <laughs> of course not but um you know they've they've had all sorts of problems after laying off the all these people and it didn't even help like what they were trying to do um twitter has tried to increase the non-ad revenue by you know of course using a Adding the blue check mark. I don't remember. Is Twitter blue or something? I'm so not on Twitter. I don't know <laughs> these issues. I just like post stuff periodically, but I do it automatically. So I don't even have to go to Twitter, which is nice. But uh, yeah, they've been trying to increase the non-ad revenue, but it's unclear if that's making any dent in the loss of revenue at all, especially since a lot of people don't like paying for Twitter. And of course, it's the content moderation or particularly the lack thereof that is thought to be why advertisers are leaving in large numbers. So, you know, all those people they fired that were doing content moderation, basically they still have content moderation, but it's basically if you bash Elon Musk, they kick you off Twitter from what I could tell. Yeah. It's literally just Elon Musk banning people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then other than that, like if Elon Musk says something that everybody has to see it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I remember that. Like, uh, I logged into my account sometime around, like, I want to say, like, March or April this year after having not logged in since I think November of last year. And, like, I had never followed Elon Musk ever, uh, never cared about him. And literally, my entire feed was just Elon Musk. Wow. It's like, why is Twitter like this? This is really stupid. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm not surprised at all that Twitter is hemorrhaging money. Uh, yeah. And you know what? I hope it keeps going and I hope Elon Musk loses all of his, his investment there. <laughs> I mean, who could have predicted that this would happen? <laughs> yep. Like pretty much everybody yeah. before. <laughs> based on yeah. just what he said he was going to do. He's mostly done what he said he was going to do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And you know, the guy's a crashing. piece of shit, so he deserves it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's all I got. What do you got? All right. <laughs> so after that fun story, <laughs> <laughs> all right, this week I'm going to talk about port 87 mail. Uh, you've heard me talk about port 87 social, which is my Mastodon server. Well, for the past two years, I've been working on something that I myself built called Port 87 Mail or just port87.com. Uh, this is a new email service that is specifically for people who struggle. Well, I mean, not specifically for people who struggle with organization, but it helps with organization. If you like organized email, you'll like Port 87. Uh, if you don't like organized email, um, that's weird. Uh, so full disclosure, I made port 87 and I run the company that, uh, that is behind it. Uh, and it is a for-profit service, uh, and it's now in public beta. So you can go and sign up for the wait list and you will get an invite code to come and join port 87 and you can use port 87 for all of your account emails. That's like, it's number one, like awesome, uh, use case right there. Uh, so basically the way it works, my email is hparen at port87.com. And I'm comfortable giving that out uh, because I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. Uh, so 
the way port 87 works is instead of giving out that email address, the one that I just said, let's say I was signing up for Netflix. I would use hparent-netflix at port87.com. And that email, it doesn't even have to exist, but as soon as port87 gets an, an email for that address, it will see the part before the dash. It'll go, oh yeah, hparin, he's a user here. And then it'll see the part after the dash, Netflix. And it'll look for a label in my account that's, that has the ID of Netflix. And if it can find it, it'll put the email in there. And if it can't, it will create a pending label. So that is a label that goes into uh, a, a little part below all your other labels where you can see all the pending labels and click it and approve them, which moves them up in with all your other labels. So you can be out on the street, uh, you know, going to the grocery store, and someone asks, like, "Hey, we have a, a we have a charity. It's called uh, Save the Ferrets. We're we're a ferret saving charity. We love ferrets, and uh, we want you to donate and join our mailing list." And you say, "Sure. My email address is hparin save the ferrets at port87.com. You don't even have to have your phone with you. You don't have to create it." Port 87 will just create that for you when you get an email. You'll see, oh yeah, save the ferrets. I signed up for that. Uh, if you didn't sign up for it, or if you're done with it, and you go to unsubscribe, and they don't listen to you, which, imagine that. An email list not listening to you when you want to unsubscribe. Yeah, so, <laughs> inevitably, when they keep emailing you, you could just block that label. And then that address becomes not an address anymore. It will reject all emails sent to it. Uh, so that's how it works for like if you're getting an email from a, an automated service. But email is also actually really great for talking to people. I know that's it's weird, right? To think that you could use email to, to actually talk to a person. Uh, but you can. And it's actually really nice. Uh, so Port87 has uh, a feature where a label can be a screening label. So what that means is... Uh, so I have a label called Friends that I use to talk to my friends. Uh, I've talked to Matt on it. Uh, and when you email hparent-friends at port87.com, you will get an email right back that says, as long as you've never sent there before, you'll get an email right back that says, hey, I just need to make sure that you're a human. Can you click this link to prove that you're a human? And you click the link, and then the mail gets delivered. So that means... I can give that address out and it won't get spam. Even if it gets put on some spam list, it won't get spam. So that solves the problem of organization for all my account emails and my friends. But sometimes you just need to give your email address out and you don't actually know who is going to be receiving it. Like if you're putting it on a forum or you're putting it on your, uh, your portfolio online. And for that, if you, uh, if you want to give the user uh, a chance to know all of those, uh, all these email addresses that you have for various things, you would give them the bear address, the one that I mentioned at the beginning, hparin at port87.com. You yourself right now can try emailing hparin at port87.com. I won't get it. It will, it'll technically get delivered, but it's like in a part of my account that's kind of hidden. I could go and look at it if I really wanted to, but like it's out of the way. Uh, but you will get a, a response from it that says, hey, you just emailed a bear address at port 87. And that's not exactly how things work. Instead, 
email one of these addresses and it will give all of my public labels. So my friends is a public label. Uh, I've got one called open source for all the open source software that I do. I've got one called inquiries, which is just for like business inquiries. I'm, and I've got one called other that's just for anything else. So when you email hparent at port87.com, you'll get an email right back that lists all of those email addresses. And it's very easy to set up that email. Uh, first of all, it just happens for you as soon as you sign up. You start off with three labels that are public anyway. Uh, but any label that you want to be included in that email, there's just a checkbox. So you say, yes, include this in, in my uh, public addresses. And then you'd give a little description of why someone would email that. And that way, when someone emails you and you don't know who they are, you didn't give them a specific address, they can sort their email for you. And you might think, well, I mean, how well does that work? It's been running on my Gmail account. I mean, the, like a prototype of it has been running on my Gmail account for two years now. And in the past two years, I've gotten a bunch of emails from real people where they've taken the time to pick the address that I like. I'm giving them a bunch of addresses and they pick the right one where it's supposed to go. Uh, which is really cool because if someone's going to be emailing you, uh, having it go to an inbox and then having you have to sort it uh, is, in my opinion, not as good as if you email them, like you know who what your relationship is to them. So you putting your email in the right spot in their account is better. And obviously, if they do it wrong, you can move it once it's in your account. You can put it in whatever label you want. Uh, but yeah, so another thing is, let's say uh, you know I've got this all set up and I have a bunch of accounts. Uh, let's say I have um, an eBay account that goes to a, a label called eBay. And then eBay experiences a, uh, a, a data breach. And my email from eBay... Uh, gets leaked out onto the dark web, and it ends up on a bunch of spammers' email lists. So the problem with current email systems, like traditional email systems, is that's your one and only email. So you're just going to get spammed to that email forever now. But with port 87, because each one, each of these labels, uh, generally you'd only use them for one thing, I can just go into my eBay account and change my email from hparent-ebay at port87.com to hparent-ebay2 at port87.com. And I can change the ID of the existing eBay label to eBay2. And then all the existing emails stay in that label. Uh, any new emails now go to that label. And it's the, the problem of spam is done because you can just, uh, you know, next time you get an email to that eBay one, it'll open as a, a pending label and you'll see, yeah, that one's getting spam. I'm just going to block this label and that address doesn't exist anymore. So really this, this stops spam or at least it makes it much harder, much, much harder to spam someone. Uh, so I've been using the prototype for about two years now, and the prototype has its problems. Basically, when you, whenever you create a new one, uh, or whenever I created a new one, I had to go in and like modify a bunch of scripts, which was really annoying. And port 87 just automates all of that. It's all just done for you. It's automatic. It's easy. 
And now it's publicly available at port87.com. All right, Matt, any nice. questions, comments? You actually have a Port 87 address and you've been using it. Yes, I do. I've been using it. And, uh, you know, the other night, late one night, I wasn't thinking straight and I signed up for a website that uh, was a little uh, not not <laughs> the greatest website. It's a scam. It was basically a scam. Didn't realize it at first, but I used my Port 87 account. And now I just kind of laugh. I, I still look at some of the emails it sends, but it's, you know, separated from my main email, you know, main inbox. So uh, it's kind of funny. Eventually I'll, I'll set it up to just effectively block them or, you know, mark them as red yep. or something. Um, but I thought that was pretty funny. I still got to move some more of my emails over uh, to, yeah, to like, it. It's, it's only been up since uh, July 4th. So it's been like... Uh, at, the day we're recording this, it's been 13 days that it's been up. So, like, yeah. I still have a bunch of stuff to move myself, and I've been uh, fixing some issues with it. Uh, you know, when you're moving from like a an environment where the entire service is running on a single server to right now, the way port 87 is set up behind the scenes is it's got four servers. Two of them handle web traffic, and two of them handle SMTP traffic. And they're both set up behind two other servers that are that act as load balancers for the two. So I can take a single server down and it doesn't do anything to the service. The service just automatically shifts all traffic over to the other server that's not down. Yeah. So I can actually upgrade port 87 without having any downtime, which is really nice and... Uh, I haven't been able to do that with the alpha because the alpha version just ran on a single server. So now I can actually use it for like emails that are important that like if I missed them, I would be upset. Yeah. 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 I haven't been moving anything like too important over yet, but. Um, well, you can. It's actually. Uh, yeah. I can. I can pretty much guarantee you that if it tells the other server, the sending SMTP server, that it did receive the email, then 100% for sure it is in the database. Like that email is in the database in your account. Yeah. Uh, if there was any problem putting it in the database, then it will tell the other server like either, hey, uh, it'll, it'll do what's called a deny soft, which in SMTP, there's two ways to deny an email. You can do a soft deny or you can do a hard deny. And a soft deny basically says, I can't handle this right now, but try again a little later. And then a hard deny says, what you're trying to do will never work. Don't bother trying again later. It's denied. So like, for example, if they're emailing a, a label that you've blocked, it will hard deny that message. Uh, so the, generally, the sender would just get a, a bounce notification um, unless the sender is automated, then there'd be no reason to send a bounce notification. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so far I, I've, I like it. Uh, I think I'm going to have some more suggestions on little minor, <laughs> mostly interface, you know, changes and make stuff just a little easier to use, but, uh, it's pretty easy to begin with. So, you know, yeah. um, works pretty well. Um, yeah, I've been having fun with it. I gotta say, uh, you know, I've, I've used email basically my whole life. Uh, email was invented a little bit before I was born. So, you know, when I was born, I didn't have an email account. You know, like that famous Gmail ad where the, the guy's sending 
sending messages to his baby and then eventually you know when the kid's like 18 he gives the email account to the the kid uh so i don't have anything like that my first email account was i think i was like 12 or 13 when i got my first email account so i've been using email for over two decades yeah uh and i've never had a good experience with email i've had okay experiences like when gmail first came out uh it was okay you know it didn't suck yeah uh but unfortunately gmail kind of sucks now uh i mean i was (laughs) i was taking a look at your screen when you were showing me yeah (laughs) they just put ads in your email now like in in your like the email list where it shows all the all the emails you've got there's an ad that just looks like an unread email yeah just to try to get you to accidentally click on it and it's so fucked up it used to be that they always kept them at the top and there'd be like a couple and they're marked with ads like originally when I first got Gmail, it was really, really clear that they're ads. Like they were yeah. highlighted differently. They had the ad uh, little icon on there. And then like, you know, over time they changed it to be look more and more like an actual email. Uh, and now it's like, it looks exactly the same as a regular email, except that um, there's a little, the little ad icon. So if you're not like looking carefully, you can very easily confuse it for an email. And then up until recently, they kept them at, they still kept them at the top. So it was always the first, you know, a couple lines of your emails. And then now they've just started adding them in the middle. Just, you know, scroll down, you'll see more ads just all throughout your email. Uh, that is it's, absolutely it's ridiculous. And yeah. I promise I will never do that with port 87. Yeah. Uh, as long as I own and am in charge of port 87, I will never put ads in in the email list that is just beyond not okay yeah yeah well also yours is like mostly a paid service so paid for service yes it is so Um, the way pricing works with port 87 is uh when you sign up you can receive email for free you can receive unlimited messages for free uh i mean obviously you do have a storage limit so it's technically limited by like space, but there's no limit to like the number of messages that you can receive. Uh, and if you want to send mail, it costs $1 a month. That's it. So for just $1 a month, you can send unlimited messages as well. Uh, and the way sending works with port 87 is when you send a message, you send it from one of your labels. So if someone, uh, if, if you're talking to, let's say, a friend, you would send them an email from, like, I would send you an email from hparent-friends at port87.com, and you would respond to that email. And if you're emailing someone that has never emailed that label before, uh, and they respond to your email, that also counts as, like, proving that they're human. Uh, so if someone responds to you, they're not going to get a message that says, hey, prove that you're a human. It's actually like pretty smart about like when it knows that someone else is a human. Like if you're uh, if you if you message a bear address and then you get a reply and then you within 24 hours you message one of the the other addresses, one of the public addresses, that also counts as like verification that you're a human. So I, I got a question. When it uh, somebody messages a bear address and you you send back that email saying, "Hey." 
you messaged a bear address. Did you really mean one of these? Mm -hmm. Please tell me there's an icon or an image of an actual bear, like somewhere in the. <laughs> there's not, but that would uh -huh. be great if we could bring back up the uh, the article, the scientific.com article. I have some screenshots. Uh, I have a screenshot of like what it looks like to modify a label, and I have a screenshot of the yeah. So this is what it looks like to modify a label. See. Uh, if I needed to change hparent-netflix at port87.com to hparent-netflix2 at port87.com, it would be very easy. I just edit that box and add a two on the end and hit save. Uh, and then if you if you want to block the the label, there's just a little button that says block. Uh, and then there's these different settings for the label. Uh, a label can have individualized like. Uh, settings that aren't really possible with other services. So for example, I get newsletters from Newegg, uh, from Newegg.com. And I actually want to see these. Like I want to get a notification, a push notification about these, but I don't want them in my inbox. And I don't want them to be like unread. Like if I go into my account, I don't care about them unless I click on one of those notifications. Because all I want to do is just read the subject, and if I want to look at it, I'll click on it. If I don't, I won't. So you can set up that label. I've I have my Newegg label set up to mark all the incoming mail as read, to not put them in the ag box, which is the equivalent of an inbox in Port 87, and to actually send me a push notification, which isn't something that you could do with with like Gmail or Proton Mail or. Uh, I think you can do it with Outlook, I think. I'm not actually sure about that. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, one last time, if we could bring that back up, there is a, a screenshot of like the, the response when you message the bear address uh, down a little bit more. I messaged myself and then got a, a response of the bear address. And you see it just says like, hey, you emailed... Uh, hparent at port87.com. Instead, can you email one of these? And it lists my friends, inquiries, other, and then open source. So it's, uh, it's very nice because people will actually sort their email into where it's supposed to go into your account, uh, which is, you know, it's, it seems to me like the perfect way to, to have an organized inbox is that every time you get an email every single time it is already sorted where it needs to go have you had any problems with uh people screwing around trying to you know email or send emails to a different address that they shouldn't be sending emails to like if that makes uh, sense no i actually haven't and i'm really surprised that i haven't because i have uh, I, I don't have it on my port 87 yet, but on my Gmail, I have one for recruiters. And I say in the auto response, uh, if you're a recruiter, email this one. I'm not interested right now, but if I am in the future, I will only check messages that are emailed to this address. So I have a, like, I, I used to get like 15 or so recruiter emails a day in wow. my inbox. Uh, which was very annoying. Uh, and since I did that, all of the recruiters actually email that recruiter one. Like I could, I could open up my Gmail right now and I have like 
thousands of emails from recruiters in that recruiter's label. That was like my, my prototype of port 87. Unfortunately with Gmail, you can't do all of what you can with port 87. Uh, because you actually have to do everything with Gmail. Like you can use these plus they're, they're called tagged email addresses. You can use a tagged email address, but you have to set up a filter for that. You have to set up a label for that and you have to like monitor it and make sure it's working. And you can't do those certain things where you say, like, I want push notifications for this, but I want them to be marked as unread or uh, marked as red. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, I hope every uh, everybody checks it if, out. Uh, if you're interested in joining Port 87, you can go to port87.com and join the waitlist. Uh, I'm going to be inviting more and more people on slowly to try and figure out when I need to grow my server capacity. So um, probably if you're, if you're signing up pretty close to after we release this, you'll get a, an invite within a month. Cool. Do you know, uh, is a wait list long right now or is it just, uh, it's really not that yet. long right now. Uh, but I have been inviting select people, uh, that I, I can separately message to ask them to move it out of the spam folder. Because fun fact yeah. about email, uh, Gmail and Microsoft and Yahoo uh, and I think Verizon and AOL. Verizon owns AOL? No. Verizon owns Yahoo. I forget who owns AOL. But anyway, they're like the big email providers and they just kind of decided one day that if you set up a new email server, uh, because anyone can set up an email server, if you set up a new one uh, and you message them, they will put all of your mail in the spam folder, no matter what. You can't do anything about it. Uh, because your IP address has never emailed them before, they will put your, your mail into the spam folder. Uh, so... What you have to do, basically, is over a few weeks, you have to message separately everyone that you email and tell them, hey, I just sent you an email. Can you go into your spam folder and mark it as not spam? And eventually, these companies will uh, sort of like um, stop like assuming that your emails are spam. It doesn't mean that you know, anything I send wouldn't be marked as spam. Like, obviously, if I sent a bunch of messages about, like, free dick pills from Canada, like, those would be marked as spam. But, you know, they stop assuming from the get-go that you're sending spam. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, it's now been uh, a little... It's been almost two weeks since I registered those IP addresses. Uh, or, not registered, but uh, since I obtained those IP addresses, the two SMTP servers IP addresses and started sending email from them. So now that I am sending email from them and it's been a couple weeks, Gmail is starting to not put them in the spam folder. Yahoo is still putting them in the spam folder. I know that. Uh, and I don't know about like Hotmail or Live.com or Outlook. Uh, and I don't know about AOL. Uh, 
But yeah, um, if you do sign up for the waitlist, uh, if you could either check your spam folder regularly or when you sign up for the waitlist, it tells you where the email is going to come from. And if you just set up like uh, like if you add that address as a as your contact, uh, it'll probably not put it in spam. Uh, but still do, you know, if you haven't gotten it in a little while, just check your spam folder. And if it did go into spam, if you could please mark it as not spam so they learn that those emails aren't spam. Yeah. Or those IP addresses, I should say, aren't sending spam. And just out of curiosity, is that based on um, the domain or is that based on servers? So I know you like uh, want people to, to get their own domain and, and point it at your service if, if possible. And I am yeah. working on that. Is that going to be a problem? Like, will my domain not work for a while? Uh, so it's based on IP address. Oh, okay. Uh, so... Uh, I don't support custom domains yet, but I will eventually support custom domains. And uh, essentially, when you uh, when you send from an IP address, it can say that it's you know whatever domain it wants. And if it if the email passes uh, what's called DKIM, it stands for Domain Keys Internet Mail uh, or Internet Messaging. I can't remember. And anyway, if it if it passes that check, it kind of proves that like you are actually that domain and you can send email from that domain like you're allowed to uh, and then you can set up separately something called dmark which allows you to specify to other servers what to do with a message that doesn't pass dkim and i have my dmark records set up such that if a message doesn't pass dkim other servers are supposed to reject that message all messages coming from my servers pass DKIM. Uh, they're all signed. Uh, they have a, a digital signature that proves that they're coming from port87.com. Uh, so basically, as long as you as a domain owner set up those keys correctly, uh, it proves that that's from that domain, but then your IP address could be on... Uh, like a spam list uh, or your IP address could just be new to another server. Uh, both of the IP addresses that I have, I checked all of the popular spam lists and they're not listed on any of them. Uh, so, you know, if they are listed, you can get them delisted by emailing, but I just, uh, I just kept uh, recreating the DigitalOcean uh, server until it gave me an IP address that wasn't on any spam list. So I had to do that like three times, but finally, now I have two uh, two servers, each with IP addresses that are not on any spam list. Uh, so there shouldn't once people once enough people say that the, it, things coming from that IP address aren't spam, these big providers should learn that those IP addresses are safe. Okay. Yeah. And, I have uh, uh, what I... the reason? Like one of the big reasons that I put sending behind a $1 a month fee is so that I'm sure that my account, my servers, servers are not going to be used for spam because yeah. the spammer is not going to pay a dollar a month to send spam. I feel like one or two is going to try, but yeah, probably not. Maybe. <laughs> but like Gmail is where most spam comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I don't have my uh, personal domain yet, custom domain yet. But uh, um, maybe <laughs> we'll see if 
see if I get it. Put in an offer for a domain. And uh, it's not that it hasn't been accepted. It's like they have not responded at all. So who knows? Oh, wow. Okay. Even though it's like supposedly up for sale. Anyways. It's so, mattcourtney.xxx, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that just goes straight to my OnlyFans account. <laughs> Which doesn't exist. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, please, YouTube, don't demonetize this video. Yes. <laughs> uh, anything else, or shall we... Uh, uh, I think that's about it. I could go on for literally hours about email. Uh, (laughs) I am like in the past two years, I went from absolutely hating email to I am just a giant fucking email nerd now. Uh, (laughs) And it sucks because like email is actually a really good protocol. But the reason people don't like it is because these big providers that have taken over email make it shitty. They make email a shitty experience. Like most people think email is slow. Yeah. But email is not slow. Email is instant. And like the reason people think email is slow is because these big email providers are slow. Like with, uh, with something like Gmail, when you click send on a message, Gmail will wait up to 30 seconds before it actually sends that message. Yeah. It gives you a time, uh, a few seconds to uh um you know to undo the undo that's what i was trying to say yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> unsend but like uh, that's why people think email is slow yeah because gmail is slow fair enough so we need to we need to take our email back we need to take <laughs> smtp back <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> well cool um do you want to uh, outro? All right. Uh, so this has been How the Tech Are You, our weekly tech show. Uh, if you enjoyed what you saw, you can check out our other shows at ecoplexmedia.com. And if you enjoyed it so much that you want to support us, you can do that at patreon.com slash ecoplex, or you can do it in an, even, in, in an even better way where you get discounts on our merch at eplex.store. Uh, have a great tech in week.